VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It is time for an annual rite of passage. Our top 10 players in the National Basketball Association. I wonder when the last time I actually said National Basketball Association was. Anyway... We're sponsored today by GOAT, quite apropos for this particular podcast. Tell you more about them momentarily. I know that's what you're staying tuned for. But let's start off with just talking about what our criteria are, because of course, they're much like for MVP, there are many ways you can look at this particular inquiry. There really are. I mean, you can look at it in, in, in terms of, you know, if you were starting a one game, you know, single elimination for determining, you know, like if you were going to live or not. I know some people have used that as a requirement, you know, like if you could pick one person to start a team with that's a question and generally what i've gone with and i think this is in line with for you it's kind of base. it's a version of what we do for the position rankings it's kind of if you were to have a player for a season and playoff for a full season and playoffs i've never been particularly certain on whether it's like it starts today or it's just like involves today and if you want to clarify that but really that's what it is for me so being a good playoff player does really, really, really matter. But also being a viable regular season player does too. You know, like if it's one of those guys, some of them will come up on the list who are significantly better or worse in one of those phases, that makes a meaningful difference. Yeah, I think I, I want to look at it too is, is how is this guy going to look with average talent around him? Not necessarily the exact team that he's on. That's, of course, the only actual evidence that we have, but we can try to project what he might look like if he were in a different situation. And so then you run into some issues too of how plug and play is this guy versus how much could he actually boost a bad team you want to kind of think of how he might be in all situations and maybe this year i don't know i I generally have tilted more towards who i want to win a playoff series with the average talent around him maybe we could even think of that as average playoff talent around him but maybe we should put a little more emphasis on the regular season given what's happened to lebron james this year you do have to actually get there i mean granted and and this will come up because obviously lebron james is on my list but you also the the idea of average talent to me also imply I, I think one of the elements that's important here is it's talent level but it's also how versatile are you you know like are there certain types of players that you absolutely cannot play with like ben simmons is a really good example here ben simmons does not make my list but in order to build the best possible team with him as your best player or close to it you have to have very specific things and so that does not mean a player you know can't make the list with flaws there are a lot of flawed players on my list but the the more different fit you can have and be a really good team the better it is for you and so you know like yeah LeBron is on this terrible fitting team right now I do hold that against him a little bit because of how bad they've been but 
I think that's, you know, it, it's a consideration for all this type of stuff. But I agree with you. You know, I, I actually did consider the regular season more this year, I think, than I have in the past. And I don't know if I'm super comfortable with that, but I, it is kind of the way I tilted. Ultimately, I think I'd like to stick with the previous criteria. I don't want to overreact to the fact that basically LeBron James is going to miss the playoffs. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's like the one thing that, that has happened here. And we already knew that LeBron wasn't a good regular season player. 50% of the time, he would be in the East, so it wouldn't matter. He would make the playoffs. Uh, also, though, he probably would have made the playoffs had it not been for that groin injury as well. And so you do have to throw health into this mix as well, whether they might be injured in the playoffs, whether they might miss time in the playoffs. And the same, of course, for the regular season. And LeBron had been an absolute Iron Man until this year, but certainly is reaching a point age-wise where you might expect there to be a little bit more in terms of injury concerns. Uh, anything else you want to talk about just uh, in terms of general considerations that, that you considered god that's terrible talking not particularly i think everything else will kind of come up within the context of it i'm sure there are other kind of nuances and and circumstances that that we are going to need to discuss but you know they'll they'll we'll we'll hit it i mean i I do think that oh that's another one because this will come up a couple times this has been something i i've brought up on dunked on many times before but the idea of i call it the him alone test and so the idea there is if is a player good enough at thing x oftentimes that's offense or defense to ensure or make it prohibitively likely that a team is going to be above average elite whatever at that thing so for me that is incredibly valuable because that again goes to the team building perspective so if, if you are such a good offensive player that a normally constructed team with you on it would be a, an elite offense that's incredibly valuable because then you can work with that and so for me i i sometimes end up valuing players who are truly great on one end of the four because you can kind of deal with the other part of it a little bit more easily than somebody who is a someone who's very good at a lot of different things but you have to have another guy running the offense you have to have another lead defender as well because that's a lot to ask you know if you want to be a really good team and you need both of those things then you're putting a lot on your gm yeah if you think of is this guy if this guy's your best offensive player and you're not just drastically flawed around that player where are you going to be i think lebron's argument there got hurt a little bit this season i think with the the lakers pretty below average when he was on the floor uh, offensively at times this year and it's that yeah they weren't able to hit shots and it wasn't an amazing group around him but there is a little bit more limitation maybe to his plug and play ability than we thought ironically they tried to reduce his burden and it looks like on a team where he doesn't have the ball in his hands all the time that all of a sudden you're not going to be maybe as good as when he's got everybody else on the floor that can shoot it and is really designed around him with maybe one other guy like a, a Kyrie Irving um in this somewhat similar vein my guiding philosophy here is that efficiently creating shots for yourself and others is still the most important skill in the nba defense definitely matters it definitely matters more at the big positions as well because it's really hard to build a good defense if you have a big who is not at least good on that end but i still believe that the difference between the best and worst offensive players is a lot greater than on the defensive end so that's a big reason why i value that the most i don't think that defense is as important as offense sorry Rudy Gobert uh and Draymond Green for that matter and then finally of course this we will emphasize this as we do in every single ranking that we ever do we do this by tiers if players are in the same 
same tier please don't come to us and be how could you rank this guy over this guy you idiot when we're basically ranking them the same we hit we are acknowledging that it's splitting hairs between those guys if you got them in different tiers yeah go ahead light us up if you're if your guy is not in the tier that you think he should be in but if we're talking about one guy's seven and one guy's eight and they're in the same tier like you know sorry that's pretty much impossible to delineate between the two for us at, at that point is kind of what we're saying there yeah that is absolutely a good distinction to make and and in certain circumstances this year drawing the tiers was actually really hard too you know ordering is ordering and tiers are both parts of the same decision but i mean i had some trouble with it uh should we give the usual trope about how incredibly hard it was this year and it's so much harder than every year previously so i mean it kind of was but it, it i mean it i i because mean, so what what was what what's hard for me right now this year in particular is squaring certain and this is going to be a very lebrony thing squaring what's coming with what is and what was and so like i you know i had to that that's part of why when i when i talked about the criteria of the idea the ambiguity of like is it a season that starts today versus a season it is that's what that's what i think we're we're doing right a season and playoff and, and subsequent playoffs that starts today and you know assuming minor injuries have healed of course which i mean that's that's the other awesome thing about this year I and mean, we haven't had any of the guys in my top 10 miss really really significant time yeah i mean i've had some that have been dealing with stuff but not not in the same way as last year i mean for those who remember last year's podcast which we released in in early march i i had this issue with Kawhi leonard where i'm like where the hell do i put this guy you know i i think Kawhi leonard is amazing but he hadn't basically hadn't played in a year and so that was a challenge fortunately we've seen all these guys play basketball in the very recent past yeah victor oladipo is really the only guy dealing with a a significant injury other than you know anthony davis's self-inflicted missing of time uh not that i would necessarily be doing anything differently in his shoes okay we'll get to our first year our number one guys i think we're gonna have a fair amount of disagreement this year which uh, will be really interesting but i want to tell you about goat quite apropos to this podcast one of the reasons that i don't think that lebron james is the goat is something that we've seen this year i don't think he had been as effective in the regular season as michael jordan you make the argument that in the playoffs they're pretty close to one another but goat is the greatest of all time when it comes to buying and selling authentic sneakers online yeezys jordans over six hundred thousand sneaker listings i got an awesome pair of kamikaze twos that's what sean kemp used to wear and i'm not a shoe expert i would have had no way of knowing whether those are actually authentic so the way it works with them is when you buy a pair they'll send it to goats warehouse they have sneaker experts who know exactly what the specifications are for all of these shoes they there's a certain way that a pair of jordans is supposed to smell they inspect the stitching the color the size and the weight they make sure that every pair of sneakers on their site matches exact factory specifications and you're not going to find better prices for verified 100 authentic sneakers anywhere else I was unaware of this, but apparently when you buy sneakers online, there's a pretty decent chance, more than a coin flip's chance, that the shoe that you're looking at is fake. So if you want to find the perfect 100% authentic sneaker, go to goat.com slash capspace. Easy to remember slash capspace because we talk about it all the time here on the program. That's goat.com slash capspace who support our show and get the sneakers you want that's g-o-a-t you know that already g-o-a-t.com slash cap space that's goat.com slash cap space don't forget that slash cap space url let them know that you came from us all right who's your number one i had prepared 
an ele- I thought of it as elegant soliloquy about risk aversion and how you know players need to prove things in the playoffs and everything else. And then I woke up this morning, the morning we're recording this, and went and, and got yourself a gun. No, I, I was no. been watching Sopranos lately. I, I still need to watch the Sopranos and said, nope, it's Giannis. You know, like it, basically I, the what I had what I had been couching myself on and this and I and like my top tier guys are incredibly close I like for the MVP ranking I had them in different orders over the three days that I've been working on this but why I went with Giannis is because even though he isn't a clear example of my you know him alone test on either end of the four I think that he's a competitor for defensive player of the year he's been one of the most valuable offensive players in the entire league this year what I'm super impressed by with him is that he, everybody knows, like at this point, this isn't an unknown commodity. This isn't a player who, you know, who is coming out of nowhere. Everybody knows what he does, and yet he's still insanely efficient. I mean, he's 64 true shooting on 32% usage despite 25% from three. Number one in PER, one of the best defensive players in the entire league. And yeah, I have these legitimate concerns about what he's going to be as a playoff player and everything else, but I think he's the best regular season player in the league. Yes, I didn't pick him for MVP. I had a very specific reason for that. I explained it in the podcast, but I thought he, I still think he's the best player in the league. And there is a chance. I, I, at first I was going to be like, he was, he was going to be third and I was going to say, and he was in my tier one and he was going to be third. And then I'm like, no, he, he, he's earned it. I mean, he's been the best player in the league this year. And while, you know, I wouldn't pick him as my one guy to start the NBA finals, that would be somebody else. He's my number one. I do not have Giannis number one. I have him in my top tier with three other players. How much of this are you doing it by stats? And how much of it are you trying to just project what the strengths and weaknesses are for a playoff series or for plug and play ability and stuff like that? I mean, if obviously Giannis is a very good statistical argument for this year. Paul George does too, for for that matter. He's going to be further down my list to, to be sure. How much are you weighing those two kind of factors at this point in time? The statistical profile definitely matters because it provides context that the eye test cannot just because you and I watch a ton of basketball, but we don't watch every team every night. And, you know, you have the random variants and everything else. So, yeah, it, it, it definitely does matter. It, it, it does. And another thing that kind of, I guess, fits more within the eye test is this. And this is one of the big best arguments against Giannis is the severity of weaknesses. You know, Giannis's complete lack of a jump shot, even though there have been times when it's looked better this year, that is a huge negative. You know, teams can game plan for him differently than they can for the other guys in my top tier. That is, yeah, and that, so you can argue that that's statistical, but you can also argue that is the eye test. So the two things in my mind always run together, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Giannis, to me, the part of what helps him statistically is also the defensive stuff. I mean, I'll, I'll bring up and do you want me to start bringing up other players? Oh yeah, no, totally. Okay, so Kevin Durant is also in my tier one. Giannis and Kevin Durant, theoretically, as defensive players, are not that far apart. Durant is intensely overrated defensively as a regular season guy, but you know when he when he's engaged and when he's when he's on it, he can be very effective. However, Giannis has been massively better as a defensive player in the regular season, and he will be moving forward. If we started a season today, that same dynamic would be there. I mean, I was just thinking about the last I you know I watch every Warriors game because of my work. The last two games, Kem Durant, he returned after his ankle injury. He's been spacey. He hasn't been as impactful, you know, all that kind of stuff. Giannis, you know, sure, sure, he has his on nights and off nights, but he provides so much value there. And yeah, maybe Durant can be there for 
five to 15 games a year, that's something different. It, it still helps, but it's not the same. I had Giannis as my MVP last time. Nothing has, when we did these rankings a couple weeks ago, nothing has really changed in that regard. I think he's on track to be the best regular season player in the league this year. I'd have James Harden number two in that regard. I just can't go there yet because he hasn't proven it in the playoffs. I think there's really, and hasn't even ever won a playoff series before. Certainly a lot of limitations. Uh, He was at an amazing level last year. He was a clear top seven player last year. I had him at number five in tier two last year. So I'm definitely moving him up. I've, I've got him third, but not having proven it. I mean, we're not even talking about a championship level here. You know, if I did this ranking in at the end of 2009 lebron james i would have ranked him number one because he'd had a a great regular season won the mvp and then it wasn't his fault that the Cavs lost that year but he got to the conference final and maybe i'm being too conservative here you very much may end up being right and and that's the beauty of doing these rankings now we got asked well why don't you just do it after the playoffs are over well i think everybody it's a lot easier to do it that in some ways right i mean well it is it is but you're also really subject to recency bias i think i think that's that's you know if if we did it then we talked about the weighting of the regular season the playoffs there will be a lot more of that like oh oh player you know like damian lillard's probably a really good example of this like oh you know the, this team got his ass kicked in the playoffs all that kind of stuff so you're you're, you're running into biases at different places but also i think the playoffs lead to a, a, a more group think just because everybody's watching the same games and talking about the same games at the same time and so that's why i really like doing this in march i think you know we we've, yeah. we've had enough of the regular season to get a sense of where these guys are and what they're doing but we're not getting as much of that weight in and and also i like it being speculative you know this is the first year i that i can think of where i'm really well i guess i went out alone with Kawhi last year adam third but where i i I just you know i'm i'm playing it where it lies i where it's where it's going here i you know i as i said i I bounced it around another thing i want to mention while we're talking about Giannis is i had a lot of discomfort a couple years ago with where to put anthony davis and part of that was because anthony davis you know had this defensive ceiling you know still does defensive ceiling but he was a dependent offensive player and so i you know he can do a lot but he was one of the best dependent offensive players i've seen but that was always a limitation to me Giannis's case is kind of like a more accessible better version of the ad case because he's you know has a defensive ceiling is already is, is a huge part of a great defensive team right now but also he does more with the ball in his hands he is more of an independent star offensively and so i kind of it kind of made me feel good about that where it's like okay you don't have to do the whole like oh well what if he doesn't have a guy who gets in the ball and all that kind of stuff like Giannis the whole point Giannis thing I think is distorted what his offensive role is but he can get his as well which is exceedingly important yeah not having proven it in the playoffs and then a one potential fatal flaw of the jump shot if the other team has someone that he can't just overpower and there's not a lot of those someone's out there to be sure but if the other team has someone that he can't just overpower is he going to be able to score is he going to be able to score at the end of game how dependent is that ability on transition how dependent is it on having four other shooters around him on the floor to his plug and play ability yeah he was being coached by jason kidd and joe prunty and he still was very very good last year but he wasn't able to bring the bucks home against a pretty mediocre Celtics team in the first round. They came close, certainly. It wasn't his fault. He played well in that series that they lost, but they still did lose. And he does have some limitations in that he's not going to be able to create a bucket every time unless there's either optimal spacing, which he's surrounded by this year, but on some teams would not be if we're talking about his plug and play ability. So he may prove me completely wrong. I mean, maybe he the Bucks win the championship and then he'll be a well-deserved number one. I, I appreciate your boldness in getting out front of this and you may well 
all end up being right i just can't quite go there yet my number one was kevin durant i think that his performance this year when curry was out of the lineup offensively really really impressed me on what was a pretty limited warriors team especially with clay thompson not really playing well draymond green was playing terribly at that point in time yet he was propelling them to pretty dizzying offensive heights the drama of him potentially leaving i'm not considering that too much here i do think that as a regular season player he is kind of the number one guy as far as the whole regular season malaise not trying that's infected the Warriors the last two years I would say between Curry Green Thompson and him he is the one whose effort wanes and waxes the most especially during the regular season but it might be a little different for him if he weren't on a team that was so loaded I think he kind of has and he's even made public comments to this effect the most eh it'll be fine when we get to the playoffs kind of approach and on the team that he's on that probably makes the most sense to take that but i think he's probably at this point in time the player on this list who has the fewest weaknesses curry has his size and maybe declining athleticism not getting to the basket quite as much james harden has his defense and offensive failures in the playoffs and so i think kd has played so well in the last two playoffs despite the fact that he was injured coming into the 2017 playoffs wait can i actually give the stats on can i give the stats on that because that was something i prepared i think this is i think this is the best argument in favor of kevin durant is that he he is undeniable even against elite competition and that is insanely important 26 per 64 true shooting on 30 percent usage in the playoffs the last two years coming back from injury during the 16 17 playoffs you know not that every team the warriors faced was an elite defense that's for damn sure but he's doing that against teams that are trying to gum up what the warriors do a lot of that was in isolation fair amount of it was in isolation against good defenders and you know like I, the other part of that argument which i could say is like if you were to say right now you you were starting an nba finals we don't know any of the other players on your team you get to pick one guy i would pick kevin durant without really any hesitation and there are some who could use that as the that say like oh well then obviously he's the best player and you know there there is an argument there i'm not going to say that but i I think you you would if you were starting nba finals you would pick him without any hesitation you wouldn't even think about lebron given the way that he's played in the playoffs the last few years I mean, I well, I guess without any hesitation is a little strong, but I would pick Durant. Yeah, I mean, LeBron, uh, I don't want to jump into that conversation yet, but yeah, I mean, LeBron was the best player of the playoffs last year. So yeah, that, that is certainly well, there. Well, but maybe maybe we should. I mean, I, I'll be, I have LeBron in tier two. So do I. My tier two, he's, I have him ranked number five overall. I have him four, but I also am in tier two. So that that's going to be an interesting question to see where we draw that line. But yeah. well, well, okay. So so let's say we were doing this, Danny, on December twenty fourth of twenty eighteen. Okay, LeBron's a lot higher, right? Like nothing has really happened between you know at that point the way he played healthy this year the Lakers were fulfilling our expectations and I am being a devil's advocate here a little bit but if you're if you we have this discussion then is LeBron still number one he's probably still my number one I would say well I mean, you also for, for would, me you also yeah. get a lot less Giannis evidence there so yeah he 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 definitely be he'd be in tier one for me for sure whether I would have him have him there yeah I think I probably would you know we remember he yeah he was the best player in the playoffs last year also LeBron was just this massive force in crunch time for Cleveland in the regular season last year like that Cleveland team was worse than their record and their record wasn't exactly inspiring and a lot of that was just LeBron willing them you know they didn't have Kyrie last year obviously he doesn't play with Kyrie again this year and I think that you know you have all that I mean one of the things that's really concerning for me with LeBron and this was something that I didn't have a firm grasp of in late December was 
I don't know how much of a fastball he has left defensively at all now. You know, like he picked it up. Oh, legendar- I do. He he doesn't he doesn't have. One. Yeah. So it, like it, I mean, legendarily, it, like we don't see those spectacular plays any longer. Yeah. Like that's I think that's pretty pretty much over at this point. Right. So like in in 2016, obviously what he did to 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 pull and Kyrie's effort in in those ser- in that series should not be discounted. But what LeBron did and kind of that kick, and then I mean they he obviously had some huge games last year in the playoffs, like. I think that there are parts of that, like uh, defensively, I, you know, like there have been, there's been a lot of argument. Dan Devine wrote a piece recently about like, you know, the, de- the decline of LeBron and all that stuff. I think that we're, I mean, so regular season LeBron defensively, like you talked about, we've talked about that over the, you know, all defensive teams, the not defensive team piece you wrote last year for the athletic. But the idea that he's saving it for the playoffs, I, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, close the door, lock the key, it's done forever, but that's my expectation. I mean, I think that's the most yeah. likely outcome. And if that's the way you feel, then it's it's really hard to put him over, you know, to, to, to definitively put him over some of these other players because that's a huge piece. I mean, then you start talking about, well, is he a better offensive player than Steph Curry? And in the regular season, he's not. And in the play season, he probably is. So then it's balancing out those two things. Yeah, and I'm not sure whether that's the case and also the plug and playability. I mean, for Steph Curry, it doesn't matter what team you put him on, what personnel you put around him, basically. I mean, I mean, unless he just has four complete non-shooters around him, I mean, he, he's going to be able to really help your offense a lot. Well, and- well, actually, I'll give a stat on that. So, so the Warriors offense, because remember, the Warriors don't have many shooters. And yeah. when they play with Curry and without Kevin Durant, their offensive rating in the last three years... 115 this year, 119, 119, three. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like 119 Absolutely. is completely, yeah. completely insane. And remember, like everybody says, oh, the Warriors, they're amazing offense. They don't have that many great offensive players. They have a lot of, you know, solid contributor type guys, but they don't have, you know, and so if you take out Kevin Durant, a lot of those minutes are without Clay as well. I mean, Steph Curry can be the offense. We're not, we're not probably going to get to see that at this point in his career. And I mean, we did in 15, 16, obviously, but yeah, I mean, he, he, can he can be that guy I, I don't I don't have any hesitation there okay so this is interesting for me so we've talked about primarily about three guys and you've said that you have you have Kevin Durant one Giannis three does that mean you have Steph two because that's what I have yeah it, it is and I really struggle between Giddy and Steph I think Steph's been a little worse this year in the regular season he has not had he had a great game against Minnesota last night but uh let's not be prisoners at the moment here he has not had a fantastic close to the season he's missed time again you know this is the second straight year now really the third straight year that he or, or I'm sorry not the third the third out, out of four years that he's missed significant time that's got to come into this you know I mean he's looking like more of a guy who's gonna play about 65 games or maybe be hurt in the playoffs as he was uh, in 2016 his two-point game has not been that good this year he's compensated by taking more threes than ever before but those aren't going in quite as much I mean, we're seeing just the gentle decline from him here uh it, having uh, he's approaching age 31 right now kd is a little bit younger than him has the superior size you know i haven't seen quite the drop off in kd's game visually that you have uh, with steph Maybe it's just a, a blip for stuff. You know, he started the year extremely hot, but you know, it hasn't really been in the the MVP conversation this year. And I think rightfully so. And, and it's not like when he's playing, his offensive stats are really kind of dependent on effort. That's actually one reason, perhaps, for worry with the Warriors recently has been that since the All Break, they actually haven't played that good of offense. Which you know, that doesn't have much to do with 
how hard you're trying necessarily um but back to curry he's basically been at the very top of the league in offensive rpm right up there with harden and even better than harden at times but this year that's down a little bit right now curry is third in the nba in offensive rpm still amazingly good but a couple points below james harden dame lillard actually uh, has passed him the defensive metrics have, have waned a little bit as well i i still don't think he's a huge defensive liability and he has held up reasonably well when he's been attacked late in the playoffs these last couple of years when he guarded James Harden very well last year in those West Finals. So I am a little bit concerned. I mean, I definitely, even with having lowered LeBron here, I mean, a big part of that is because, you know, not only that the Lakers haven't been good this year, that his plug and play ability maybe has been exposed a little bit, that he got hurt this year, but also just the overall father time. And maybe the same thing is true for Curry, not perhaps as severe of a drop off. KD hasn't exhibited that as much and then Giannis of course had has youth on his side if we're starting a season right now he could realistically be expected to improve probably over the course of that season probably more than anyone in this list and in fact is you know the way his jump shot has come along in the last couple of months looks like he's trending that direction after it started off so poorly so I, I think just that slight drop off that Curry has exhibited this year is why I have him below KD whereas a year ago I had LeBron number one actually had Harden number two the way he was playing last year Curry three and Durant four that was my top tier last year um and I now have James Harden number four rather than number two because again you know it was another relative failure in the playoffs here's his stats from that series against Golden State 24 percent from three so much of his game is built on that devastating step back jumper and in the playoffs for whatever reason that hasn't gone down maybe that's just bad luck maybe that's exhaustion maybe it's better scouting of him a lot of his game, of course, is built on getting to the foul line as well. A relatively no, low number of free throw attempts for him in that series, only 52, considering how many minutes he was playing. That's not that much. Only six assists in that series as well. He just, uh, and then while they did defend pretty well, he certainly got attacked. So only 48, per, or I'm sorry, only uh, 54% true shooting, 15% turnovers in that series. So it was, uh, it was a struggle for him. If he plays even halfway close to his normal standards, they win that series. And he did have a good defensive series after game one. He was terrible in game one. Uh, and that was really his one monster offensive game, but he was so bad defensively in that game that they lost and got home court advantage taken away. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just bad luck, but we have years and years of evidence that his game does not translate at the same level. You know, certainly he had a big failure in that Spurs series the year before as well. And so I just, I can't get on board with him. That's why I have him at number four, uh, Giannis at number three. Certainly I'd be very willing to listen to arguments that Harden should be uh, above Giannis. I can't put Harden above KD and Steph Curry just because those guys have done it in the playoffs and Harden just hasn't. You know, I mean that that's what it boils down to you brought up I, I think was that Harden's true shooting in the Warrior series was like 54% last year is that about right yes his true shooting in the entire playoffs last year was 55% so that wasn't like oh the Warriors figured out how to stop him and everybody else had so much trouble you know the, the overall numbers and the Warriors were one of three teams they played and they played the Warriors seven games they played the other ones I think it was six and five something like that and Harden, you know, parts of his game just aren't aren't going to work as well in the playoffs. He's 
prodigious foul drawing, guys' foul free throw rates just drop in the playoffs, and also playing superior talent and the way refs call the game. Like, there are elements of that that even if you were the best foul drawer in NBA history, you're still never going to get all of that value there. That's just one of one of those things that happens. And superior defensive talent, you know, takes away some of his vertical space. Another big argument for me against Harden. So I have him, I actually have him behind LeBron in fifth, which incidentally is the same spot where I had Harden last so year. Is that a separate tier? Or you still have I have LeBron I I have Le- I have I have LeBron in tier two as well. So I have I have tier one for me is just three guys. It's Giannis, Steph, and KD, and then I have a separate tier below that includes LeBron and. James Harden. And Harden defensively, and you remember last year he was coming, you know, obviously it was a high watermark for him in every way. It was he was was the MVP. And a big part of that was, hey, he would look at look at this. He was a, a, a part of a successful defense. And I think what makes him fundamentally different from Steph Curry on that part of the floor, and I think this is very important as well beyond the playoff viability thing, is that Harden, you have to scheme around him defensively. Like, no, I'm not talking about the opposing defense. I'm talking about your own team's coaching staff. And he, you know, you could make an argument that he is not as often a point of attack like Steph Curry is, but you have to plan around him differently. We've talked about how Houston's scheme is just totally shifted because of James Harden. And that's a pretty significant demerit. Yeah, you can actually do it. There are ways that you can work switching schemes and you can do everything else, but you have like, and he's, he's worth it, obviously, but that's a problem. You know, if, if somebody is at that level, obviously Houston hasn't defended near that level this year. And Harden is not the biggest reason why they've had a drop off, but he's a part of it. Yeah, I think you're right there. You really have to switch every screen involving him. There's really, there's no other option. At least Houston has come to that conclusion. Maybe if you're on another team with a little bit lower of a, an offensive load, you might expect him to do that. I would love to go back and look at like what his defense was, was like in OKC when he was, he was playing a smaller role, obviously at a much different body and a, a different game. Uh, can I, can point. I give a Harden stat? This is something I pulled that I just yeah. really enjoyed. Is it, like, I mean, I think people are losing sight of just how ridiculous he has been offensively the last couple of years. I mean, this is something truly, truly special. And, and we're, we're, remember for this, we're talking about it, it is more in the abstract than what they've done this season. That's for MVP and most outstanding or whatever. Since 1977-78, which is really when basketball reference, it seems like they have these stats in line. There have only been 23 individual seasons where a player has, you know, with the appropriate amount of minutes, had a usage rate over 35%. So that's about one every two years. In history before the last couple seasons, the highest true shooting that anybody had ever had with that high a usage rate was Bernard King in 84-85 on the Knicks with 585. Harden has been over 60 true shooting the last two years. So it's not even that nobody had nobody had done this before. It's that nobody had ever gotten close. Russell Westbrook's, you know, crazy 40 usage MVP season. He was about a league average efficient league average efficiency player. And it's worth noting that offense efficiency has grown over the years. But Harden is doing like there there was this idea, I think it was Evan Zabir that had this years ago, about like the frontier of usage and efficiency. And it's like, you know, basically the like and it was, I think it was Kevin Durant and LeBron James, maybe Steph Curry were pushing at that Harden has completely blown through that over the last couple of years and that is insanely impressive well we've gotten like 40 minutes now on just like our top uh, top four five. I mean I guess we did we did kind of discuss LeBron as well uh yeah I mean and what Harden is doing in the regular season if you were just ranking guys only for who you'd want in a regular season you know he I would probably have him first or second on this list it's just and perhaps it's overrating the playoff failures and if James Harden even if they lose this year if he has a great playoffs 
I will completely reconsider this, but I kind of got taken in a little bit last year, moving him up to number two behind LeBron, and then he failed me again in the in the playoffs. So I I can't quite go there. I do have him in a higher tier than LeBron just due to what he's able to do in the regular season. So to recap here, I've got KD one, Steph Curry two, Giannis three, James Harden four. That is my tier one. You have Giannis one, Steph Curry two, KD three is your tier one, correct? yes that is correct oh by the way one thing i wanted to mention too some people might say oh steph curry like he's had these years where he has never won finals mvp he hasn't been that good in the playoffs what are you talking about he has been that good in the playoffs right well yeah i mean so if you're looking at the whole playoffs Steph Curry has been over 59 59% or higher in true shooting every single playoffs since his first time which was that year when they beat the Nuggets and then lost to the San Antonio Spurs that that young Warriors team and I mean Harden the last 4 years 62 55 or 56 58 55 so i mean that means harden's second best season is worse than every single playoffs curry has had since his first one in terms of true shooting and yeah their usage rates and rolls and all that kind of stuff are different obviously that that needs to be acknowledged but yeah and and also using the finals mvp argument against curry is silly because he should have won the finals mvp in 2016 and sorry in 2015 like that is a it is weird to use a voting mistake as an argument against somebody you know like that'd be like if somebody was an obvious mvp didn't win it that year and then never won it and then you said oh well they never won the mvp like it's to me if you are going to make the finals mvp argument you need to also make the argument that he didn't deserve that mvp and i don't agree with you there this is probably apropos of nothing because i generally think that nba players are not the greatest at ranking their brethren but i did think it's somewhat telling that in the all-star draft harden went like way below any of these other guys that we're talking about here well yeah i, I mean I, I don't i don't cons- i don't really consider like would you want to play with this guy in these rankings it's just not i mean maybe yeah. as an ancillary thing just because well, of team building yeah. but yeah i mean certainly of the guys that we've talked about so far on court then I, I I mean, he he does a lot himself and he is a wonderful passer. I mean, I think Harden's pick and roll in particular, like his artistry as a pick and roll passer is, you know, I heard somebody talk about like, oh, you know, don't watch Harden film if you want to learn how to play basketball. It's like, no, he is one of the, like his pocket passes, his, you know, his reads in those circumstances and his, you know, body control and, and tactics and all that kind of stuff. Like there's a lot that players could learn from Harden, even if I don't think a generation of James Harden's would be, would in- increase my enjoyment of the league. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a different type thing all right so here's my tier two now lebron at number five i already mentioned that Kawhi leonard number six ad number seven that'll close that out i've maintained for a long time that those seven guys are the top seven players in the nba i'm probably gonna get some shit for from paul george fans here that he isn't in there especially vis-a-vis Kawhi, who seems somewhat directly comparable to and i think ultimately what it comes down to there is just that i think Kawhi can be a little bit more dominant in the playoffs I think they George has certainly had the better regular season Kawhi all of this rest I mean they, they're not, they're not resting him out of an abundance of caution I mean I think they are resting him because he actually is experiencing some soreness in that quad even now you know he's not going to play a single back-to-back it's actually going to end up probably and he probably won't end up but with LeBron resting also but right around the same number of minutes as LeBron and LeBron missed you know whatever it was the 17 games with that groin so the defense hasn't been as impactful this year but I still think when it gets right down to it that as you say Kawhi is more undeniable 
role especially against the best defenders due to his ability to use his body a little bit more i mean paul george has some moves he's not an amazing passer i mean neither he nor Kawhi are the best passers Kawhi, i think is better at getting to the rim and george to me is just a little bit too reliant on just shooting over guys when he has the size advantage offensively and he doesn't have that strength and separation to really bully people and get good looks inside the arc against the best defenders we'll see whether that turns out to be true again i mean i think pg to me with an unbelievable playoffs is the guy who could probably move up this list the most to me right now and Giannis maybe and Harden too certainly have that potential uh but and by the impact metric you know he deserves to be in a top three type of conversation just based on this season but I do think he's reached a level beyond where he's been before this year that a fair amount of that is based on some really hot shooting the impact metrics are a little inflated because just they have no replacement at all for him and their bench has been so bad although I'd certainly take those into account but it's just he hasn't been at that level quite yet and maybe at age 28 he's getting in there maybe this is a fluke I just he doesn't have the history of playing at this level like the other seven guys do to me and he's not at an age like Giannis where he's typically going to take like another major step forward so I, I and I guess I I just don't believe in as you like to say his undeniability on the offensive end quite as much I have Kawhi and Paul George in the same tier I also have Kawhi over Paul George, so I mean that. But for for yeah. me, it, yeah. What's what's your rationale there? What, why are you? I mean, especially because you had Paul George as your uh, your controversial MVP pick. I did last time. Well, we well, well so I, I think that for for Kawhi the I, what he does offensively like the ability to just get his even against a, like a lot of different types of defenders is incredibly valuable as a playoff thing I mean Kawhi it isn't you know to me he, this isn't his 16 17 year when you know I, I said that if he had played more minutes he might have actually been my MVP over Russell Westbrook that year and he's you know putting up similar offensive numbers this year not quite as good and obviously he's missed a bunch more time so, so the MVP type stuff what I mean I, I think we lose sometimes we and, and I'm including us and, and I, th- I think it's applicable to more people than us lose sight of how impressive and dominant Kawhi is as an offensive player because his game isn't flashy and he's not that good a passer you know like he, it's an unusual it's kind of like it's kind of in a way more like a big man where it's just like he just does his thing and does it really really well and so I think that that's more it's more variable it's more viable you know because we've seen it work I mean he's done better in the playoffs you know going even back to that Memphis series a couple of years ago like when he he basically won the Spurs that series and Paul George doesn't really have that moment in his repertoire I worry a little bit about Kawhi's defense I mean he hasn't been nearly as good defensively this year as Paul George but if we're questioning whether he has you know he might not have his you know the the 102 mile per hour fastball but he might have the you know 98 99 which is still better than pretty damn much everybody else and I think that's important but something I want to talk with you about was as the league is evolving you know Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are both at their best wonderful defenders but they are different you know like I think part of what Paul George does so well is the way that he can get get through screens really get into guys and Kawhi is 
Kawhi can do that. You know, he can do that stuff. I don't think quite as well as Paul George, but he's just so nasty as a help defender and in passing lanes and all that kind of stuff. And so what my question is, is I've long thought that what Kawhi does, you know, that, that, that that's more valuable, but there's a very good argument that Paul George's brand of defense with the way the league is becoming a little bit more guard dominant, that, you know, unless there is a LeBron or a Giannis in your series, that what Paul George does defensively might be more valuable. Well, certainly that's the case this year because Kawhi has fallen off and does he quite have that fastball? You know, I, I do think Kawhi, as mentioned, is a little bit better of a playmaker than George is, although they're obviously both awesome in that category. I also don't think that Kawhi has been asked as much to really guard out on the perimeter and really slither around those screens. They've got Danny Green, they've got Lowry on, on their team. So he's not be asked to really guard smaller guys as much as as George perhaps yeah it's tough I want to see what Kawhi looks like defending in a playoff series it's just he's fallen off so much and then didn't play at all last year it's like you're comparing where he was in 16-17 and I think he reached a, a level in 16-17 that's higher than George has ever reached I mean even if you just go back and watch game one of that Warriors series before he got hurt I and mean, he was just unbelievable in that game so I but it, it's been so long now it, it's really hard to compare I mean I think you have to say that George is better I mean you're hoping that Kawhi can get to that level but it's just I mean I think ultimately for me when Kawhi was healthy he was at a level for a couple of years and he's been right back there this year from an offensive standpoint and I think his game has a little bit more juice as the lead guy than George but I mean I guess I'm just maybe I'm just being too much of a George skeptic you know if he plays as well this year you know and he's had two unbelievable months and then you know he'll have these months where he kind of drops off a little bit too and so I I just can't quite get there yet with George. If he has an unbelievable playoffs this year, then you know he'll be right in this this group to me. Uh, interesting though that I haven't heard AD's name yet from you. Where do you have him? So he is in my he is in my tier three. He is not the top guy in my tier three. But Davis Davis is a really hard one for me, and not for the reasons I think he's hard for a lot of other people. And it's because this year, and yeah, there are a ton of context reasons to 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 wonder about this. And I I am very very cognizant that I probably. Have have him too low i actually have him 10th um but he's in my tier three and Where those did guys you have him last year let me look i had him seventh last year um in last year my tier two was Giannis, ad and chris paul chris paul the only player who was in my top 10 last year who is not this year we'll talk about that later so the reason ad fell is not because he's trying to force his way out or because he's missing all the time because he's trying to force his way out it's because i think and this might not be fair but I'm still, it's still important to me. The argument that he, that a team with him is always going to be a really good defense took a pretty massive hit this year. And maybe that's, maybe he's a little bit checked out and everything like that, but they've been, you know, they've, they've been a below, below average defense with him on the floor this year. One, one eleven four. And remember, it's not just AD and a bunch of scrubs. Drew Holiday, who is an all defense candidate this year. I, I haven't decided yet if he's going to make one of my teams. He probably will. I don't know that yet. I, and, and it's not his fault necessarily that he hasn't elevated that there are a lot of defensive flawed defensively flawed players on this team but for me that was a huge part of his argument was that hey look at this guy who yeah he's a little bit more dependent offensively than a lot of the guys on this list but he's a defensive player that your candidate if not an eventual winner and he certainly has that capacity I'm not going to say you know this is Anthony Davis's age 25 season that I'm not writing that possibility off. I mean, I think the AD could win defensive player of the year next year, but I don't think it's as undeniable as, 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 as a much of a lock as it used to be for me. And 
that hurts. And so then if it's like, okay, if the him alone test on offense, on defense is not a clear yes, then you start to look at him differently, you know, then, then the whole package is a little bit different. And so I'm fine, you know, having him six, seven, whatever like that. I expect that he will be there again for me, but I want to see, and, and we're not going to get to see anything from him in the playoffs, obviously. So we'll, we'll get to, we'll have to see it next year. And that kind of sucks. Yeah, the classification of him as a dependent offensive player is an interesting one because, I mean, the guy's averaged in the high 20s basically like the last five years or whatever, right? So Yeah, and I mean, his usage rate is, I think it's pretty close to Kawhi. Yeah, they're, they're, I think it's like 29.5 and 30.2, so. Yeah, but I do think there's the argument that down the stretch of games and they were a terrible clutch team this year he's not going to be as effective you can't just throw it to him in a lot of matchups and say hey go win it for us it's nice to be able to have that ability even that that me you might say all right well you know find some ways to get him more involved there are plenty of ways that he can score to be sure and he's you know he's increased his grab and go abilities increased his ability off the drill he's improved his passing over the last couple of years i didn't want to be a prisoner of the moment i mean i had him sixth last year i moved him down just because Kawhi is healthy this year but i still think he he's right up there and it's been such a weird season they did have a lot of injuries they're certainly still way better with him on the floor defense i mean they're basically the worst in the league when he's off the floor right well not only that but the pelicans as of when i compiled my stats they have a plus 3.3 net rating when anthony davis plays and using nba.com's version davis's net rating is pretty close to james harden and ahead of some talented players in better situations so you know that that part of the overall argument a lot of that's because they've been really really good offensively this year when ad's been on the floor and he's an integral part of that of course but yeah i mean that's that's really really good they do have drew holiday but they have nobody else and drew holiday has to guard threes a lot of the time because they have nobody else to do that so if you're going to classify drew holiday as a defender of threes now all of a sudden he doesn't look as good as when he's able to get out on the floor and pressure up a little bit more so i do think their defensive personnel is terrible around him i would agree with that i I thought that they you know he did prove in the playoffs last year that he could be pretty effective against a good offense he was a big part of his mobility was a big part of what they were able to do against portland offensively he while he may not be a guy that you can throw it to every time against a lot of teams especially when he had someone like miritich next to him he is just going to make your center completely unplayable i mean he dominated yusuf nurkic he dominated the smaller guys that they tried to put on him so i'm not gonna let the argument that you know and certainly he deserves some demerit for what he's done to new orleans this year although you know i i will never begrudge a player making a trade request and i think you know the only thing he's done that i disagree with is actually like asking to play essentially that i, I think he should have just agreed to get shut down at this point and you know whether it's for making all nba or whatever who knows what the what the reason was that he wanted to keep playing just for his i i, I don't think it's gonna necessarily i think it'll help his all nba case but i'm not sure it'll help it that much i mean yeah the, we've no, seen we've I, seen some I, strong guys get in there yeah well and certainly i think uh the writing community will not be particularly yeah oh <laughs> so something something i wanted to in. talk about with you he's a good guy to discuss this with um how did you consider anthony davis you know obviously context this year being different just him always missing a few games every year you know like the idea that you're not you're not getting 82 games you know maybe you're getting 70 to 75 something like that like yeah. does I mean, I, does I mean, that count 
I think the modern player is gonna that's just how many games they're gonna play now it is a little weird that he'll like has to leave games in the middle of it and like you know come back 15 minutes later and then you know it's not really like planned rest for him maybe the way it is for some other guys but no i i I don't consider that too much uh i mean he's really only had one major injury ever even if there is a a kind of a laundry list of things there so i i didn't consider that too heavily no right i didn't either and that will come up again in in one other rankings discussion that we we have two players we haven't yet discussed so um let's go uh, let's go through our tier twos because they're actually meaningfully different i think it's pretty interesting so my tier two is lebron james harden Kawhi leonard and paul george and and that's your your four through seven four through seven yes and mine is five through seven and that's lebron Kawhi, and ad so our our major differences here i've got harden in the first tier at number four you've got him in the second tier uh i've got ad in the second tier and you've got him down in the third tier those are the main yeah and i have and i have paul george in tier two and you have him in tier three yes yeah and that's the one i think i i very easily could look wrong on uh but yeah and and with and with paul george i mean something i didn't mention in that is like it's also like he so this year it's ridiculous you know he's making 40 percent of his threes at this incredibly high rate so you're sitting there going like oh well if he can continue that then that's a huge thing well he's been a 39 40 percent three-point shooter over the last couple of years it's just that he hasn't done it the same at the same frequency however frequency is extremely important because generally the more shots you're taking some of them are worse so it's it's a harder you know it's a harder overall repertoire is generally you know it's not rigidly true but it, it i believe it is true i mean he's taking some just ridiculous shots for the thunder this year and if those keep going in then you know that's a part of it but i wanted to make sure that we mentioned that with paul george like with the idea of you know what can continue when what doesn't is that squaring of he'll make a lot of threes but the ones he's making this year are harder and that's more valuable and in that same vein you might think oh yeah his shooting this year is an outlier and maybe it is i mean the three-point volume is way up but compared to last year i mean last year number one he had to have that surgery after the season so i don't know how healthy he was during the year there was also just the whole mellow thing russ was coming off the mvp year he's trying to fit in so his usage was way down for his indiana days but if you just look at his shooting from each zone it's pretty similar to where he was at the last couple of indiana year and really it's last year that looks like the outlier and then the big difference this year to the indiana years is that he's just shooting a much higher percentage of his shots from three but still making them at the same percentage that he was now i mean it's bombing some really difficult three-pointers i mean the, some of the shots that he's making have been unreal and maybe that's what i worry is a little bit unsustainable about what he's done this season and he also just shot like a really oddly terrible percentage from mid-range last year and that's uh, come back uh, to being more in line with his career norm so maybe if he just has jacked up more threes and, and a little higher free throw rate as well certainly much higher than last year uh for george so these percentages from these spots are in line with what he was doing in indiana it's just you know so many more threes that are more difficult but there there is an argument that he's not doing things that much differently than he was in indiana as far as the sustainability so again i mean there are some very good arguments here for paul george being a tier above but i i'm just you know this is just my subjective thinking of, of his game and how difficult he is to stop uh, that i just can't quite put him there yet so i've got him in a two-person second tier usually the tiers kind of expand as you get lower because it's harder to differentiate wait wouldn't that be your third wouldn't it be your third tier oh did i say fourth tier anyway anyway it's a tier below okay it doesn't yeah, matter yeah, yeah. Th- third tier uh eight and nine 
line paul george and kyrie irving i thought there's a meaningful differentiation between those guys and then my tier four which was five guys lillard and bead towns Jokic, and blake griffin in order i think that george and kyrie are more proven postseason performers than those guys below them in that tier four for me i think that's a, a big part of it you know lillard and kyrie is very interesting i mean i think that's one we probably should talk about here as to why you know which of those guys is better i mean actually you know simmons was saying that lillard is better than kyrie just recently you know there's been a lot of anti-kyrie backlash lillard certainly has you know his consistency and health certainly in his corner uh so as a regular season guy you might go there and you know kyrie has had two of the last four playoffs meaningfully impacted by injury but you know appears to be healthy this year but as you say kyrie has proved more difficult to stop against the hardest defenses that than lillard and that's why i have in a in a tier above lillard what are your thoughts on that the comparison between those two guys my my it's not outrage but i the my biggest disagreement is not that you have kyrie over damian lillard i have that too i'm just surprised you have them in different tiers because while i i personally think i value what kyrie does more than dame for me separating those two by a tier just i have them sequentially i think you do too i have them you know like one after the other because while you know while kyrie you know at, at the as a specific thing of like bucket getting in big moments whether we're talking crunch, crunch time regular season or playoff games he is definitely better at that but damian lillard has has been a better regular season player overall over the last couple of years he's a wonderful i mean you talked about i mean offensive rpm i think lillard's like second or third right now and also you know Lillard is you know he's a, he's a spectacular player he's a better to me Lillard is a better defender than Kyrie though the difference between the two is narrowed with much credit to Kyrie that that's gotten there and it's not like Dame is so good defensively that he, he's really a value add it's with these guys you're kind of getting to the point where I've talked about with Steph where they're they're not the point of failure as often in which is huge from where Kyrie was early in his career and that's I mean that's crazy but so once you reach that level I, I'm a lot more forgiving with a player defensively you're not a value add but you're not taking as much away and I mean, Kyrie, his ability to get a bucket against a great defense, against whoever you put against him, against schemes, against everything else, like that's special. You know, that's something he can do that I don't trust a lot of the guys who are above him on this list. And I also think that what something that's been important for these two guys over the course of the last couple of years is the idea that it is completely viable. I would say it's it's harder to argue against than argue for now that having them on a team means you're going to have a very good offense. You know, maybe not a top five, you know, maybe you're not, maybe they need other talent around them to get to that level. But, you know, Kyrie, the Celtics have had a much better, they've been much better offensively with him than without him. The Blazers this year, I believe they have like a 117 cleaning the glass offensive rating this year when Dame's on the floor. So that's awesome when you consider the rest of their talent. Right. And I mean, yeah, not having the Dame CJ stagger is helping that because he's playing more with the other best offensive player on his team. But it's still, you know, it's still Dame show. We saw that in the game that they won over the Indiana Pacers a couple nights ago. They needed Dame to be a superhero and he was. He can he can do that. And so, yeah, I mean, between those two guys, to me, it's more about splitting hairs. If I cared more about health, I think that would be an easy way to put Dame above Kyrie Irving. And, you know, that does matter, you know, that you're getting more games 
games you're getting if this was most valuable if this was just about you know who you, who you're getting for a year that kind of thing but that's not really like best player is more ephemeral than that we've talked about it earlier so i have Kyrie over dame but i have them in the same tier and those are the top two guys in my tier three yeah and you have both of those guys ahead of ad which uh i do uh, which is which is weird for me because i i think I, I love anthony davis but the idea that okay you can throw these guys on you can do a lot of different things they're going to be a really good offense and then defensively they're ones okay you can you can get a defensive five if you put them with rudy gobert or if you put them with you know anybody like miles turner like i don't think they're going to be as good a defense but i think they can put it together enough and i think that's important and then with anthony davis you need somebody to get him the ball you need you know you you do need at least some semblance of defensive talent around him so i'm fine you know i i am i you know when you said you had ad at seven you had him in that tier i think you might be more you might be more right than i am but that's you know it's I still, for right now, I'm going to put him where I have him. And I understand, like, it's kind of like you with Paul George. Like, I might be wrong here. And I, I hope that I'm wrong with AD because he's such an, uh, such a prodigious talent. But, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have him a little lower for right now. Not because he demanded a trade, but because I need to see defensively if he can be that guy and offensively if he can be that guy. And my instinct is we're good by March of next year, we're going to have that opportunity. Yeah, I sure hope so. And I mean, for me, the difference between AD and Paul George is AD has had a statistical argument to be a top seven player in the league for like the last three or four years. Whereas this is really the first year I think that Paul George has been at that kind of a level. I mean, last year, I going back to Damon Kyrie last year I had Damon Kyrie in the same tier remember at this time last year I think Kyrie I don't recall if he had had the surgery at this time or not but I had Dame higher regular season I probably would go with Dame uh, especially with the superior durability but I'm uh it was another playoff failure for him last year and so he, he's got to do a little bit better yeah this team is pretty limited but you know there there have been other players who have had better playoff series in the past and you might say if Portland just missed shots you know whatever it was i'm sure you know anytime you get swept as the sensible favorite in a series it's going to look really really bad and that fact in retrospect is worse than the reality of how the team probably played but um well so something i should mention here you you laid out kind of your next tier my tier covers and i think yours does this too my my tier that covers my 10th player includes other guys so i'll just go through the whole thing so it's Kyrie and dame at the top but then anthony davis and joel Embiid, and then that is where i i'm drawing the line for right now I, a lot of the guys you mentioned they're in a very close next tier Jokic, Towns, Blake Griffin, all those type of guys. I didn't really start keep ranking beyond that. But why I had Joel Embiid separate from them is I mean, I think he's an amazing defensive player. I mean, I think he he's probably not going to win defensive player of the year this year, but he's been he's been awesome. And offensively, I mean, he he can be a dominant talent, but why I I thought there might be an, uh, considering we both had Joel first team all NBA, I thought there might be some pushback on that. Part of the reason why Embiid is not in my top 10 and part of the reason why he's below AD is because I think offensively he takes more off the table than a lot of these guys do that doesn't mean sometimes he'll be putting that on you know he'll be making a bunch of those threes but with the turnovers and and forcing some shots and all that type of stuff I think that that's a little bit more exploitable than a lot of these other guys on the list so that's what part of he's in the same tier for me I think he's amazingly talented
talented, another guy who could take a huge run with a good playoffs. But that's why he's 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 near there, but he's not quite there. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, and Embiid, of course, uh, people seem to forget this now when talking about his playoffs last year, especially you know, his failures against Al Horford a year ago. Just you know, he, he overall wasn't in the greatest shape just due to some of his limitations coming off of that meniscus surgery the previous summer, and then had that concussion and facial fracture when he collided with Marco Fultz's shoulder and came back in the middle of that series against Miami. So it's really part of this is just sort of a having not proved it thing defensively as well you know i I think he struggles uh, to get out on shooters deal with stretch bigs part of having him a little bit lower and same thing with rudy gobert and definitely same thing with Jokic and towns is it's a little tougher to get them the ball offensively and then just as a traditional center if you're not a switch guy i still wonder how you're going to do against the absolute best teams at the absolute highest levels and so that that i think is still a concern i mean we haven't seen teams with big lumbering traditional centers even ones who are great players against a lot of the nba we haven't seen those teams get to the highest levels of late we just haven't seen i mean ad is a little bit different to me because of his mobility and ability to get out on the perimeter in ways that Jokic, towns Embiid can't as much so Embiid, if he proves me wrong and the east playoffs i think depending on the matchups could be set up reasonably well for him to do that if they make it to the east finals then he's got a lot of room to move up this list. Nikola Jokic has a lot of room to move up this list as well if Denver makes it to the West Finals. They're looking like the likely two seed right now with OKC having fallen off. Although Houston may still have something to say about that. Embiid, Towns, and Jokic were my 11 through 13. I have Jokic below Embiid and Towns. I'm sure a lot of people in Denver again noting that they're in the same tier and we're absolutely splitting hairs would be like how could you put Jokic below Towns the way they played this year looking at the impact metrics and this is kind of a prediction I mean Towns did have a terrible playoffs last year it was kind of inexplicable that he did though I'm not sure why the things that he does in the regular season weren't effective against Houston but he's just been absolutely ridiculous I mean Minnesota playing at the level of a top five offense with him on the floor and they have nobody else on this team at this point in time that you're looking at as a high-end offensive player I mean they even have uh, some guys who take things off the table on that team and I think Towns does have a little bit more mobility than Jokic and a little bit more athleticism I thought he was actually okay in the playoffs last year against Houston not great but okay and so that that's just a little bit of a prediction although sadly I don't think we're going to get a chance to see Carl Anthony Towns at higher levels in the playoffs so far but you know if Jokic holds up defensively in the playoffs if his brand of offense drives the Nuggets deep into the playoffs this year I certainly will change that quite a bit um and I have Lillard above all three of those guys just because I would say of the position he plays and that he's been doing it for longer and certainly the durability aspect with Embiid as well as a concern so an interesting argument I remember I I did not have Jokic in, in the same tier as Embiid he would be in the same tier for me as a lot of these other guys I didn't really think about ordering one I got well out of my top 10 because I didn't really do that. But with Jokic, I mean, going back to the argument I made about Dame and and Kyrie Irving, the Nuggets have had an absolutely undeniably elite offense with Jokic on the floor as their best offensive player each of the last three seasons. They've been in the, the top 10 percentile of the league when he's been on the floor. So he has he already has that argument. I, I think that's pretty well settled now. You know, granted, Denver has better personnel, I think, than the average team 
depending on health and all the kind of stuff. But the reason why he's not in that group for me is because when you play a higher leverage defensive position, your deficiencies are more important because they get harder to scheme around. So if Nikola Jokic was similarly dominant, but he could theoretically defend twos, and so you could play a five next to him, like they've done with Mason Plumlee to a point and all that kind of stuff, well, then then he would probably be be a little bit higher for me. But Defend twos? You mean defend fours? Well, no, yeah, whatever. Like the, I, I was just talking about theoretically if you had somebody who was as good offensively as he is or whatever, that kind of thing. But because he's a center, and that's pretty much his position, yeah, I guess fours is the better example then you have to build a team differently. And that that is a weakness that he has that Damon, C, Damon CJ, I'm not CJ, but Damon Kyrie have. So yeah, that that is a consideration for me, but it's also, that would make, make me much more persuadable should he show that, that what I perceive as a weakness is either not as severe or not even a weakness at all. Now, I don't expect that to happen, at least not this year, but Jokic can do that. So yeah, I, I think that he's going to be compelling with that. Unfortunately, as you mentioned for Carl Anthony Towns, it's going to be a little while until we see his stuff stress tested, you know, just with yeah, where Minnesota especially is. Especially because he didn't get a player option. Yeah, mistake. But nah. but so I, I think that, you know, we'll see how these players, how, how they fare. And it might be that Jokic gets unfairly maligned because of a failure that Carl Anthony Towns would have had. Like, that's entirely possible to me. But, I mean, you have to play the teams in front of you. That's just kind of the way it works out. And I don't know Minnesota could make the playoffs next year. I, I don't necessarily expect it, but it could. I mean, I, I I haven't gotten all the way there yet. I've been working on my offseason preview type stuff. But yeah, and, and Blake is an interesting one as well, because I mean, the Pistons have had these really successful runs. He has just an incredible workload on his shoulders right now. And I'm, I'm happy you mentioned him. He's, as I said, he's not in this same tier for me, but he is in that next one, that next one below with Jokic and Towns and all these other guys. And I mean, it, it's pretty impressive. Like I, he is probably the most surprising guy that got to this level because you know when he signed that contract and and had the injury last year, I didn't think th- that he could do this, and he's been great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been very good as a floor raiser for the Pistons. They are going to make the playoffs this year. Um, and I mean, his numbers in terms of efficiency, fifty-eight percent true shooting, well above the league average, very high usage. You know, just the amount of touches that he had, especially early in the season, before some of those other guys on their stride it was pretty incredible not a positive on defense i would say but their overall defense has been very solid so you can't argue he's been a huge negative either um one thing i did want to mention about towns Jokic, and Embiid is those three guys and maybe you could throw lamarcus aldridge in this category too though the impact metrics have not been as into him is while it is very difficult because they're a center to build around them defensively if you're not amazing defensively you know and even Embiid, you know we'll see how well his branded defense plays at the absolute highest levels and it may not even be until we get to the nba finals that we would see that given the competition in the east this year but the value of a replacement player offensively when you consider the position you know Jokic plus four rpm towns plus three rpm on offense and your average center is like well into the negative you know that's something that needs to be considered as well where now if you have that guy and then you just you're so much better at center offensively than all the other teams that now even if you just have pretty much average guys at all the other positions you're going to be a really good offense you know i think that that's uh that's something to consider a, a lot with those two guys um i don't realize it's top 10 players in the nba but i did move down a peg with for a next year of rudy gobert lamarcus aldridge clay thompson and bradley beal um some omissions there draymond green just to, has fallen off too much defensively here in the regular season still maybe the one 
one guy I might most want to have in the playoffs defensively for a playoff series or two, but has not been able to bring it at nearly the same level as he has a couple of years ago. The the athletic fall off, the offensive fall off, finishing around the rim it has started to be a pretty big problem. Uh, you know, Russell Westbrook was my number ten last year. We can kind of shift into some of the biggest risers and fallers here. Um, he's my number 10 last year he's not even on the radar screen for me this year at all uh do you feel that way as well i didn't go as far down the list as you did but yeah i mean i didn't yeah. i don't think certainly he... nowhere close to consideration for the top 10 right yeah yeah he wasn't wasn't close to that for me the only guy who fell out of my top 10 was chris paul who was at eight and who knows maybe if if what we've yeah. seen since the all-star break is more indicative of where his game is i don't i still think top 10 might be a little rosy for him but yeah, he could be I, in that i agree in that next kind of tier you know with guys like Jokic and all that i mean he's a capable defensive player and you know an incredible passer and all that kind of stuff still so yeah i i think that's interesting i i think it's more just an opportunity thing in terms of like because i didn't go beyond the list but somebody since you went further would you consider jimmy butler because i didn't hear you mention him uh you know his rpm actually is not bad he's still a top 20 or so rpm guy uh, this season but the efficiency has fallen off the usage has fallen off his plug and play ability the fact that he's like just stopped shooting threes all of a sudden is really weird uh and so he's not fitting in as well necessarily that way uh i think his defense uh, has not been nearly as impactful both on or off ball uh, so yeah I, I think i'd put him a little bit lower there's also health concerns he, he's a year older coming off of a surgery from last year you know that's a, perhaps an explanation as why he's not as good as he was last year um the one guy i think i wanted to talk about the most here is clay thompson because his particular impact on any one team you know it's hard to say that he would be in the top 15 but the fact that that he could fit on every single team in the league no matter which one it is i mean and would probably start on any every single team in the nba i mean starting is is a low bar i probably shouldn't have said that but you know uh the fact that he can guard four positions really well that he can be a part of a switching scheme doesn't need the ball to be effective one of the greatest shooters ever i have a different way to frame it i think he could be among the three most important players on any team in the league there you go yeah i think that's a that's a, a good way of putting it and i think you know even the warriors Whenever he misses games, their offense tanks, man. Like they really, and now part of that is because they don't have any kind of shooter who can replace him. It, you know, their wing shooting has been a, a, off the bench has been something that they've struggled with the last few years. Uh, one of the few things, of course. But if you're really talking about winning at the highest levels, you know, there are teams in the league that, uh, I mean, if you take the 15 players above him here, if you take all of the best teams in the league and you put Clay Thompson on those teams he would help those teams more than a lot of the guys above him on this list because he adds that he's not taking anything off the table for anything else and he's doing a lot of things at a very good to great level whereas someone like even LeBron for example right I mean there are a number of teams that putting Clay Thompson on them instead of LeBron would help them more you know like Philly or Golden State or probably Toronto or you know maybe not Boston um but you know there are there are definitely teams that could benefit fit more from clay thompson because he just fits in so well with other players and that's not the traditional conception of what being one of the best players is but if you look at all right you know you put this guy in this team as it's already constituted how much does he help them you know, he would be higher on this list just under that type of an inquiry i'm happy you brought that up that's a really good point and that's something his 
agent should say if, for whatever reason, the Warriors don't offer him a max contract because right. it's... His agent isn't going to have to make a single argument. No, no, he is <laughs> but He'll have max offers. Right. Pretty damn sure. Yeah, so, but, I mean, yeah, it, Thompson is that unusual, and we've, we've dealt with this. I remember going back to when we did the All-Star team picking last year, and you wanted to pick Clay like, second, and you weren't allowed to, which was kind of great, but I think you still ended up with him because you had the, you had the pick after or whatever, but, yeah, I mean, he's an incredibly valuable player, and his plug-and-play ability and the combination of defense and shooting and flexibility in terms of usage is very different. So yeah, I, I think that's a part of it. If we want to go through, so my biggest risers, the guys who the guys who jumped at least a tier, Giannis, not only going from tier two to tier one, but going from number six to number one, that is probably the biggest jump that I've ever had in this. Paul George went from being also considered, he probably would have been, last year I didn't really extend my tiers too far. I think yeah. he probably would have been tier three, maybe tier four, getting all the way up into tier two, getting to seven. That's pretty, pretty significant. You know, Kyrie and Dame each moved up a little bit, but they didn't change tiers. And then my guys who dropped, well, no, let's do guys who rose and then we can do guys who fell separate. Yeah. Um, you know, Kawhi being healthy again, he moved up a tier for, for me. Blake Griffin, uh, uh, not in consideration really for the top 10 that much, but I guess you could say he was. If he was, if Lillard was number 10 for me and he was the top of tier four and Blake Griffin was in that tier, um, that tier four might need a little, a little surgery. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe Lillard should have been up there in the pg Kyrie tier um I certainly have an argument for that but anyway i mean blake griffin was you know totally out of things last year um but yeah that's about it in terms of big risers i mean Giannis went up a little bit he, he's in tier one now instead of tier two so that so that's one uh, where did me. you have Giannis last year was he like six or seven for he, you? yeah uh, i had him at in tier two with ad he, the, he was five ad was six those are the only two guys in my tier two last year um and and KD moving up to number one, you know, that was, uh, I had him at four last year, but I, I mean, I really, I, he's not a strong number one, at least in terms of like, you know, his distance between the other guys. And I, I mean, I think this is noteworthy that really, depending on what happens in the playoffs this year like this is i wanted to talk about this earlier actually i think this year's playoffs and then obviously you know some potential player movement as well this offseason i could see there being and what happens for the first half of next year i could see there being some seismic shifts in these rankings for next year you know i could see curry kind of falling off a little bit i could see kd being lower Giannis could be number one harden could be number one you know Kawhi could you know if the raptors make the finals he could be i mean any of those guys in the east and bead could be way higher um anthony you know, davis could, could be, be way, way higher. higher who anthony davis if yeah, he's well, in well his... i mean i guess he wouldn't have he's not gonna have a playoffs this year to really oh that's true convince. that's that's so, a good so point that's, that's i considered ta- saying him and then left uh, Kyrie lillard those guys uh, uh, nicole Jokic. Uh, there's a lot of guys who have some big opportunities here and, and some big opportunities to fall perhaps uh, as well um well, well and that, that's something that i wanted to get into what i think is one yeah. of the other that's first of all that's that's an important thing to mention is just how much volatility there is and another reason that matters is because of where a lot of these players are in the age curve so going through my top 10 oh like i mean Giannis based on you know age related stuff more so than health Giannis is probably an AD are the only guys that I would expect based on those factors to be better next year than they are Ky- 
Kawhi, I think for health purposes, will as well. So you you have that. But then, I mean, LeBron is physically, you know, he's, he's taking steps back. We'll see how yeah. much of it is the groin. And I everything mean, we else. could see if KD and KD, uh, if KD and Steph split up, we might see them do more next year. I don't know about beat, but we we all we also might see that you know that mean that they can't do as much as they used to. I mean, sure, it could, sure. could be that, that sort of a circumstance where if you put somebody in stasis for three years at this point in their career, they're not going to maybe look as good after that. I think that's entire. I think it's entirely possible that both guys, you know, just in terms of these rankings get hurt by that. I'm not sure though. That's part of the fun of if, if they do separate of what happens there. Harden, I mean, he he could. I mean, it, it's so hard. To, it's so just insane to predict what where where it's going to go with him next. I'm sure the counting stats and all that are going to be great, but I mean, his playoffs are going to be gigantic in terms of where this goes. But I mean, so so then yeah, and then so and also what players? So of the guys that are like Kyrie and Dame and AD and Embiid and then all the centers you talked about, you know, like so which of those guys can maybe some of them can maybe move into the top ten? But who of that group, if anyone, establishes themselves as like a viable MVP candidate moving forward? Because the MVP race, you know, I talked about how Paul George is obviously in my in my race right now, but it's it's an aging field. And generally speaking, the way that works out is that people step up to fill the void, but I don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, it seems Luca is still a couple of years away. You've got Zion coming in as well. But yeah, they're really, despite what you might look at as some of the drafts that were considered really strong, 14, 15, 16 drafts, 17 too. Is there anyone that you see from those four drafts as a future MVP candidate right now? I don't know that I do. I mean, Towns was that guy, but he's taken a pretty big hit yeah and he's the center too i mean that's part yeah. of it. it's, it's Jokic, towns porzingis obviously you know, we talked about him last year and then he, but but he had the acl and we haven't even seen him play since then uh yeah it's interesting i mean there there is those some of those drafts were very deep drafts but i don't think until you get to luca this year do you have that player that you look at it's like yeah he's really and he is he's got plenty of awards too you know so i'm uh and certainly no one was talking about Giannis as being at this level I mean, there are always guys who really emerge no one thought Kawhi after his third year in the league you know even when he when Kawhi won finals MVP I don't think we saw him as like an offensive centerpiece necessarily that he's become he's had incredible growth so there's there are guys who do that but I I agree with you it does seem interesting that for all the depth of talent that's coming to the re- league recently the high-end guys in those last four drafts don't necessarily seem to be there. and Embiid you know is one too but still you know again that's another center um biggest fallers you know lebron from one to five out of tier one that's uh it's gone about as poorly for him as you would have thought i mean well it's interesting because we had him as number one last year and then his playoffs like exceeded all expectations so this regular season has gone so poorly for him to be out of tier one at, but still part of that is just looking forward and acknowledging he's going to be a 35 year old player last year and or, or next year and just you know there's a lot of great players at the top of the league um russell westbrook number 10 last year not in consideration for me butler was a, in any tier pretty close to the top 10 uh he's out of it draymond there was a thought maybe he could bounce back that hasn't been the case DeMar DeRozan was maybe a controversial omission from like my top 15 last year adios not even really being talked about there as well um who would you say is the most down potential we talked really as the most upward mobility who's the most potential downward mobility going forward here for next year's rankings yes hmm. huh I mean god it, it, see I have Paul George at seven so I don't really think it's necessarily him because he can't go that much further down I mean Steph at two I could see yeah, him I, I could Steph. see him 
I could see him falling out of tier one. I Uh, I could see him very easily being down at like the Lillard Kyrie level next year. Yeah, it's possible. I could see that. Or he could just have a ridiculous season without KD and it'll stay there for, I mean, shooting age as well, but uh, small size does not. Well, it's interesting for me. Like part of me wants to say Giannis, I mean, I have him number one and you can make a very good argument that falling from one to three is a bigger drop than falling from like five to nine or something like that because number one player in the league is, is a lofty status. But I mean, I think Giannis, even if he has a disappointing playoff, like, it's going to be kind of a weird analog with Harden. Like, if he has a really bad playoffs this year, then it's going to be like, okay, well, then, then what can he prove next year in the regular season? Like, that's the problem for Giannis if he doesn't do well in the playoffs this year is he's been, you know, the I didn't pick him as MVP, but he's been the best, most outstanding player in the league so far for me this year. So if he does that again, then you're like, well, great, he did that again. I guess, you know, you can always get better. Just that's why you look at things greater than just being number one. But, you know, like you can be, you can have a 500 PER or whatever, you know, you can go into all, all those sorts of things. But yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to go anywhere but down when you're number one. And I don't know, I, the one that I'm the most, LeBron? that's the one that's exactly what I was going to say is the most interesting is, is LeBron because... I mean, he, yeah, he was, I don't think he was a top 10 player in the league this regular season when you just look at his overall value. Right. And uh, like he, he was 12th in RPM last year. Remember that? Like, like I mean, this, he was obviously incredible in the regular season I and mean, the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's a different type of guy. And if we're valuing those two things, yeah, it's interesting. Who's your biggest mistake from last year in terms of who you had too high and who you had too low? I mean, I guess you could say I had Chris Paul too high. I mean, but but some of that was, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think in the playoffs, he was good Oh yeah, last year. You know, I mean, we're talking... I mean, I think you can kind of just look at how they played in the playoffs maybe more so than how they played in this year's regular season so and i think he was real good in the play i think he lived up to i mean he was number eight for me he was he was pretty similar for you right yeah he was and and i mean anthony davis's stuff i think that's just full of mitigating circumstances um who I was too low on? I mean, I don't think I was too low on Giannis. I think I was fair on Giannis, and then I, he just got a lot better, and I I, I went yeah. there. I think maybe the one thing that I did what I w- was with Kawhi, like I had Kawhi third last year, basically on the theory that he was going to come back and be exactly the same guy. And while he's been closer to that than I think a lot of people expected, you know, the defensive stuff and just w- some of the other guys improving, like having Kawhi over Durant last year is harder to justify like i'm sitting there now going some, i kn- uh, some might say impossible to justify <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so that's like that that i guess that's that's the mistake the biggest one for me yeah i had Kawhi at seven i thought that i had him like controversial high i remember being shocked that you had him as high as, high as you did and i think having him you know that was sort of based on him coming back and playing at about the level you would think he would after missing a year and i think he's kind of done that so that's why i still i have him again at six this year one of above ad with some of his issues um i'll finish up here with with a couple other ones for me uh, before i close out russell westbrook at 10 didn't have a good playoffs last year they lost in the first round and then he's been bad this year his shooting fall off is something that would have been difficult to anticipate but he's always someone despite giving him the mvp in 2017 that just in terms of how good of a player he is i've been a little lower on him than many and i would say james harden at two uh, i I don't want to say he got suckered in by the regular season, but I thought just his ISO game was so nasty that that was going to translate to the playoffs, and it just didn't, and we'll see whether it does again this year. See, I think actually the list from last year held up reasonably well. I think having Embiid higher than Butler and Towns, that looks pretty decent. Maybe I should have had Jokic a little bit higher. You know, I kind of had him down in the 20 range, but he's taken another step forward this year, especially defensively. I think having LeBron at number one after the playoffs that he had last year uh, is totally defensible. 
also of course there's gonna be some bleed over my opinions last year are gonna inform my opinions this year so we're not necessarily gonna say oh man that is like i was so off last year when those opinions are still informed when i'm thinking this year but all right this was really fun don't forget about our sponsor goat goat.com slash cap space use that slash cap space url to let them know that you came from us and we'll talk to you all next week till then at bet365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bet365 21 plus only must be present in virginia if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply